thinks is uh, is we're going to think about Jesus as our ultimate hero, Jesus as the the hero, and uh, and and so we're going to think about just who Jesus is as we lead up to Easter. And uh, what I want to do is uh, I want to try something. So I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to draw some pictures. And children, I want you to kind of guess what these what I'm drawing. Uh, now, this is riddled with complexity and difficulty, because when I tried this, Heather said my face is very strange when I'm concentrating on drawing. And I'm certainly no artist. So you can just have a laugh at my face, even if uh, you might also laugh at my drawings as well. Well, let's see. Let's see how we get on, shall we? So, hopefully, you have a white screen in front of you, and I'm going to draw some pictures the best I can. Children, if you want to unmute yourself, when you know what the picture is, you can shout out what it is, okay? And I'm going to draw some things. All right. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's go. Okay. What um oh dear me. What am I drawing? Mountain. Yes. Good work. Look at these snow-covered mountains. How lovely. Okay, let's keep going. Yeah, my brother decided that. Okay. What do you think I'm drawing now? Oh boy, this is serious. <laughs> Shouting sheep. It is sheep. Well done. Okay, what is this? <laughs> it is an attempt at a hand. Okay, bear with me. Okay, we're going to keep going. Okay, what is this? A triangle. Oh, it is a triangle. It is a star, okay? So that's a star. What is this? <laughs> this, this is a pool. What our children That is the sun. That's right. What is this? It's meant, it's meant to be a tree. There's two trees. <laughs> okay. What is this? Oh no. It's, <laughs> it's a heart. I'm regretting this. Um, okay, let's keep going. What is this? It's a Fish. Well done. Well done. Well, let's uh, let's stop there because that was getting embarrassing. Um, so that there are lots of different things that I've attempted to draw. Now, what do they what they all have in common is that Jesus has made them all. Let me read you something from Colossians. This is a book in the Bible and it comes from Colossians one verse 15. Just listen to this. This is incredible. This is talking about Jesus. It says this, 
for the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things and in him all things hold together. Wow. You could think about those words all day. This is talking about Jesus. All things were created through him, for him, and in him all things hold together. Here's what I want you to remember this morning, children. Jesus is God. He is before everything. He made everything, and in him everything holds together. That is incredible. We're going to think more about who Jesus is as we as we run up to Easter. But I have asked um, Rachel if she'll pray for us, children. And I can't. Let me just find Rachel. I'm unmuted. Oh, good on you, Rachel. Thank you. Okay. It's such a pleasure to pray for you, children, because we've missed you. The thing I miss most about real church is the children and not being able to do Sunday school. So let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you so much for the children. We thank you for their life and their enthusiasm and their joy. And we just pray that this week, as many of them go back to school, that you will help them to settle in again, to find their friends, to, to know um, to know what to do and, and not to be afraid. We pray that you'll give them lots of joy and laughter this week. And we pray tomorrow morning as everybody gets ready that you will be um, peaceful in every household. Mm. So we just pray for them, Lord, that you will bless them and encourage them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rachel. Okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to have a chance where we can, uh, we can pray together. Uh, so, children, it might be that you are doing some colouring now or you can, can listen. But what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask everyone um, to pray for the people um, around your tile on the screen. So we're all going to stay muted. Um, and uh, if you just take a look at the screen in front of you, there'll be a name above you, perhaps, or below, to the left, to the right. Um, and what I'd like you to do is just, if there's a few of you together, just choose one person to pray and pray for the people um, around you. And, and that way that we can pray for one another. Now, it might be that you don't know the people who are around you. And that's okay. You can pray for them. Pray for their, um, pray that God would, would bless them. Pray that they would have, um, they would know him more in this coming week. And that their love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Like we were praying our prayer from Philippians for each other. But if you do know them, of course, you can pray specifically for things you perhaps know can be prayed for. So it's going to be slightly strange because it's going to be quiet for a few moments. But let's pray. And if you're in a home with, with more than one person, please pray out loud uh, while muted for the people around. Let's pray for each other as a church at CFM. I'll close in a few moments time.
Heavenly Father, we continue to pray for one another in the church. Lord, we um, we know that together we're we're all equal. Lord, we um, we're all in need of your grace and forgiveness. We're all in need of your mercy and hope. Father, our circumstances look different. Our stages of life look different. Our, um, the rest of our day might look different. But in many ways, we're the same, Lord. We all um, have the same needs to be loved and to express love, to be forgiven and to extend grace. And Father, we pray for one another. Lord, we pray that we would grow in our knowledge and understanding and maturity in you. We pray that we would Amen. Amen. The nice thing about doing things differently is you can try things and see if they work or not. Um, so I thank you for, for giving it a go. I'm going to, to read now from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And after that, Christy is going to share with us. And if you want to follow along in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm going to read from verse 23 to verse um, 32. Um, let me read. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and uh, he's writing about um, celebrating the Lord's Supper. He says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The, night, <clears throat> the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we are more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we're judged by, in this way by the law, we've been disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. I'm going to pray for Christy and then he'll share with us. Father, we are grateful and thankful um, for your word. Well, we're thankful for um, what it tells us of you and your character and what it tells us of life and what life is about and father we're thankful for your body the church we're thankful for those you've gifted and um which is all of us to serve in various ways and we thank you for christy and we pray now that as he um shares with us Lord, we might be open to to hearing your voice and father we ask that um 
as you live within us, Lord, that you would speak to us by your word, through your servant, for your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ian. I was reading just yesterday a tweet by um, Brett McCracken, um, who's a, an American Christian author, uh, and he posed this question, and it is very timely. If you could go back in time to your March the 5th, 2020 self and tell them to appreciate something seemingly mundane that would soon be gone, what would it be? Or maybe phrased in another way, what is it that we potentially take for granted that we will be missing? And people replied, very interesting replies. Somebody said, libraries, must be a weird person. Somebody said, handshakes. Somebody said, gathering with the saints. Somebody said, having a coffee at Starbucks with your disabled adult child who lives in a care home and enjoying every second of it and turning off your cell phone. Somebody else said, hugging my parents and my relatives, having friends reaching out and caring instead of being suspicious. Somebody else said handshakes. And I say this as an introvert who used to hate handshakes. Somebody said, I'm missing faces. A pastor said, I'm missing the church in the high school where we used to meet. Somebody said, I'm missing my daughter's performances all over the country with a choral singing group. They haven't performed since the end of last February. She's a high school senior, and I wonder if I will ever get to see her perform again. Somebody said, hugs, hugs everywhere. Somebody said, stopping and drinking coffee just after I've done my shopping. Somebody said, I have a coworker who would often come into my office asking for help, writing headlines for a newsletter, would spend 30 minutes batting around the most silly pun loaded ones that we could think of before settling on of something serious and good and proper. We still do it via Slack, but it's not the same. Somebody said, somebody from Ireland said, going for a drive beyond five kilometers. Somebody said, any show that I used to go to that I can't do right now. Somebody said, time with my dad that has died since. You know, today marks a year's anniversary since we actually were able to share in communion together, all of us as a church. And it made me think about how we can often like the things that were talked in this tweet, we can take it for granted that we have this incredible privilege to come at the Lord's table. Now, communion is so amazing because it's celebrated by Christians of all denominations and universally around the world. It may have different names. Some call it sacrament. Some call it the Lord's Supper. Some call it communion. It, it, it would have different names, but it's still the same thing that everybody celebrates. Its roots are really connected to the Old Testament, to the Jewish festival of the Passover. 
and you find that Jesus himself instituted it as he shared the Last Supper with the disciples. And you would remember the, the, the prophecy about Judas, Judas's betrayal. 20 years later, the Apostle Paul wrote the very words that Ian read to us, to the church in Corinth. This was a church plant, a newly established church in a pagan setting, if you want, in the Greek world, and everything was new for them. And Paul has to write to bring a correction by providing an explanation. So Paul writes, and he's actually very gentle and very caring about the way he writes, because communion for them had become something that had lost its meaning, its real purpose, its real reason. And I think it's good for us to remind ourselves again, what is communion before we share in communion? Obviously in this um, most um, useful way we can in the current climate. Nevertheless, it's still be able to be together somehow and share it. You see, my biggest fear with communion is that sometimes the longer you've been a Christian, the more used you are to it. Familiarity can breed contempt and we can get used to this wonderful invitation, to this wonderful privilege and somehow take it for granted. And I want us to recover our sense of awe and rediscover its significance so that actually it can have a deeper impact on us. And the first thing that really Paul is saying, he is saying, this, is, this should be an encouragement. He writes to them and he says, for I received from the Lord what I only also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We all have a problem. Now, I know there are certain people who have been infected with a COVID virus and some who haven't. But there's one virus, spiritually speaking, that we're all infected with, and it's called sin. And Paul, writing to the church in Rome, he said, all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And you see, sin messes everything up. It affects our relationship with God. And you would remember that Adam and Eve, after they have sinned, they betrayed God. They had a broken relationship with God and they felt they had to hide in shame. It affects God. It affects us. And actually it affects all the world, all the relationship. And you would remember the anger bred by envy that ultimately led to killing between Cain and Abel. So sin is a huge problem. It affects our relationship with God. It affects how we feel and it affects us all. 
And this is the very reason Jesus came to die, to deal with the issue of sin, to eradicate this virus, if you want. And the description of what is happening, Jesus is saying, in, 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 this is my body that is broken for you. This is my blood that is shed for you. It's very brutal, vivid imagery. And it is in order to tell us that sin is serious. It's severe. But it also reminds us of the depth of Jesus' love for us. It reminds us of the great cost of the sacrifice. Whenever we hear stories of somebody giving their life in order to save another, it is deeply moving. How much more if we think of Jesus' sacrificial love? And the fact that Jesus talks about the blood and about the death, it tells us that this was very costly. And it was a sign of love. Sometimes it's so easy to forget that we are loved with an incredible love. And this is what communion does. It reminds us of it. These are the same words that Paul had written this time to the church in Rome. And he says, God demonstrates his love for us. In while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I was talking to a friend of mine just this week. And they, 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 they're quite close to, to responding to the gospel. But they keep saying, I am just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. I wouldn't want to come to church because I would actually be like a stain on, on, a, on a white sheet. And I kept saying to them, but this is exactly the gospel. This is the good news. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He didn't wait for us to become good. While we were still sinners, Paul is saying, Christ died for us. Before we were willing to respond, he made the first move. And that's the beauty of the gospel. And that's why we need to take hold of this encouragement in this time, like an anchor in the ground. And communion does that. It proclaims boldly and loudly, you are loved with an everlasting love demonstrated by Jesus's death on the cross. I remember the story of a Sunday school teacher who had two new boys come for those of you newish, Sunday school is like kids club. <laughs> Two new boys who started coming, and uh, this was before GDPR, so he asked them their birthday so they could be noted in a notebook. The bolder of the two said, we're both seven. My birthday is on April the 8th, 1976, and my brother's is April the 20th, 1976. But that's impossible, the Sunday school teacher said. No, it's not. One of us is adopted. And then probably before thinking, she couldn't hold back the curiosity and the Sunday school teacher said, which one of you is adopted? So the boys both looked at each other. They smiled. And then the bolder one spoke again and said to the Sunday school teacher, well, to be honest, we asked dad a while ago, but he kept saying that he loved us both and he can't actually remember which one of us was adopted. 
you know, that's a story of our life. We are adopted by an, a, a God because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That's what communion is. An incredible encouragement. But it also is an examination. Here is what Paul is saying. So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So he's writing to them because for them, it became just a meal. It was just like a Jacob's join. It was just a time to party, socialize. And amongst all of that, it had lost its meaning. It stopped being about Jesus. It stopped being about the cross. It became about food and it became about gluttony and it became about self-satisfaction. And Paul is saying, I've got to talk to you guys about this. And he's saying, it's a dangerous thing to actually take, eat the bread and drink the cup in an unworthy manner. This is supposed to be done in a certain way. And he's very good and he gives them a, a solution and he says, all of us have to examine ourselves before we eat the bread and drink the cup. So I don't think this is meant to be a, a sort of apprehensive condemnation. But actually think of it, and I know this is a flawed comparison, but think of it as a visit, a routine visit to the car mechanic to have your car MOT'd. Some people feel like, well, this is really stressful. Uh, but actually, I've just had my car MOT'd last week and the, the, it came back with a weird sort of thing. Apparently the, the horn wasn't working. So yeah, um, it's interesting. As soon as he went away from there, it started working again. But it was an important thing because it's, it's, it's essential to driving safely. And it's important. Imagine that I am driving and there's somebody in front of me in danger and I'm trying to beep the horn and it doesn't work and it doesn't warn the person. Those kind of examinations, those kind of checks, they're really important and they're good for us. It's the same spiritually. Examining our heart and not coming to the Lord's Supper and almost feeling like we deserve it, almost feeling like this is just another thing you know, that we do before and after the sermon or before or after the singing. Let's just get on with it. It's so dangerous, Paul is saying. This is important. And while for them it became about food and satisfaction, Jesus is saying this is more. This is about the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. This is spiritually very important. And it ought to lead us to an examination. You would remember that at one point, Jesus coming into Jerusalem in, in the final week, he goes to the temple and he royally kicks off when he sees the exploitation, when he sees the business making that has taken over what was meant to be a house of prayer and he reacts to it and he drives all the sellers out. Now, it wasn't necessarily wrong in order to 
provide the means for the sacrifices you need to have those who were selling animals in particular. So that wasn't the thing that was wrong in itself. It's what the fact that it took over and overshadowed that place. And it's the same with communion. Sometimes the carelessness or the meaninglessness that we assert to the Lord's Supper can become very dangerous and not helpful to give us a full impact of this. I love what Augustine is writing. He says, before God can deliver us, we must undeceive ourselves. The confession of evil works is the first beginning of good works. When we come to communion, we come to say to the Spirit of God, search our hearts. We don't come with entitlement. We don't come with denial. We come as people who are aware of their unworthiness and their sinfulness. But we are people that come with confidence because of the grace of Jesus. First Peter 2.24, Peter writes, Jesus personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You know, I see communion as a springboard for holiness. As I am faced with an incredible, mind-blowing love of Jesus, as I am coming, looking in the mirror of where I am, with a contrite heart, with a humble heart, with an honest heart of admitting my sinfulness, I am ready to experience that, becoming dead to sin and living for what is right. We can all echo the words of the psalmist in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is a great opportunity to receive the encouragement and to hear the shout of heaven over us saying, I love you, demonstrated in Jesus's death for our sins on the cross. But also the flip side of the coin, this is an opportunity for us to examine ourselves, to ask ourselves, where are we in all this? Where are we? Here's the question I ask myself. So this is for me. Has your all cooled off? The beauty of the cross, the magnificence of his sacrifice. Have I lost that sense of wonder? Am I thankful? Is my heart bursting with, with, with thankfulness? And it's simply this question that Jesus asked Peter after he messed up, which I can sign up for because I have messed up. Do you love me? Amen. Thanks, Christy. In a few moments' time, we're going to we're going to share communion together. Um, but before we do that, um, Dave is going to help us um, just reflect on what we've heard as we sing. Um, so, um, if Dave, you can unmute, and I'll share my screen so we can sing the song "Purify." my heart.
Thank you, Dave. Um, sometimes, um, sometimes it's very easy to rush. And uh, as we just pause and we think about um, celebrating communion and as we uh, sing or as we listen to Dave sing, it's, uh, it's just really helpful, I think. Um, if you um, know and love the Lord Jesus and you'd like to, to share communion and you have the bread and uh, the juice or the wine with you then we're going to move to to celebrate that together now um 
God is so gracious to us in giving us a, a visible, tangible, everyday picture to help us understand the most magnificent of truths that Jesus, who is God, who created all things, in him all things hold together, would come as a man. And as he uh, took the bread and he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He would, he would die in, in our place, that our sin might be forgiven, that we might be restored. How amazing. Then he, he took the, the cup uh, and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And we take the cup, remembering Jesus shed his blood in our place, that we might be forgiven and restored. This week in Lucy's um, RE lesson, she was thinking about communion and she said, so we eat the bread and we drink the cup. And I said, yeah, we do because Jesus didn't just die for us, but he comes to live within us. If you have those things and you want to take a moment now to, to do that, and then I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, that we can celebrate together this, this morning, and that we can remember um, a price that was paid once and for all, that the Lord Jesus um, gave his body, shed his blood for us, that our sins might be forgiven, that though they were a a stain like scarlet they might be washed as white as snow that we're forgiven that we're free that we're reconnected with you that we have hope and can have peace father thank you for this tremendous glorious reality and thank you for the reminder we have as in the bread and in the cup father we we celebrate but we also remember the cost and so our celebration is, is marked with reverence and awe and wonder and, and, and a recognition of our own sinfulness and delight at your grace. Father, we thank you that we can share and celebrate that this morning. Lord, as we head into a new week and all that lies before us, um, Lord, we commit ourselves into your hands. And Father, just as uh, you sent the Lord Jesus, and just as he paid the price for us and comes to live within us by his spirit, we know that you journey into every situation, into every conversation. You journey with us to school tomorrow 
or to the workplace or back into the office, onto the Zoom call, onto the telephone, Lord, whatever it is that lies ahead, you go with us. And we're so grateful and we're so thankful. And we celebrate that this morning in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. 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 Um, as we come towards a close, um, I'll just uh, share a few, a few announcements, a few reminders. Um, with you. If any of the children have any colouring or anything they want to show us, you could do that at the end, or any of the adults, of course. If, uh, if you've been colouring in, that's great. Um, but if you haven't, that's also wonderful. Let me do a couple of reminders for us. Um, so this evening, there's no Zoom this evening. So there's no Zoom this evening. Um, so that's uh, important to recognise. Um, this week, uh, Empower Meets tomorrow night um, and the Bible study on Tuesday. Uh, connect groups, as I'm sure you are aware, go through the week. If you're not part of a connect group, which that's just a small group, um, then, uh, then please get in touch if you'd like to be in one. Um, it's important to be part of something big, but it's also important to be part of something small. So a uh, chance to be known and, and to pray and to learn together. So if that interests you, then please get in touch. They go through the week. And on Saturday, we have our prayer meeting at 8.30 to 9.30 at Power Hour on Zoom, if you'd like to join us. Um, then a couple of other things I just need to make sure I get to make nice and clear. Um, so Christian and I are looking at uh, starting in-person services again. Um, we don't really have too much to share at the moment because there's a few practical details that, that we need to sort out. So we're not quite there, but we're, I think we're quite close. So we'll, we'll keep you updated, um, but in by in-person services starting, probably, probably on a on a reasonably small level as we as we build going forward, hopefully. Um, but we'll keep you updated as as we as we get closer to that. Um, on Sunday evenings, um, hopefully starting next Sunday, we've got another little mini series starting called Heroes and Villains where we're looking at the characters in the Easter story. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting just getting a chance to, to look at this most um, fascinating, incredible Easter story, but just look at some of the, the people involved in that, the heroes, the villains, the crooks. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be exciting. So Sunday evening starting from, from next week. Um, and then also hopefully coming up, we, uh, we invited the uh, Free Methodist Bishop uh, he's from the States, he's called Keith Cowart, and, uh, and he's kind of got back in touch and said he's willing to come on a Sunday evening on Zoom, uh, so that'd be really interesting as we just nail the, the date down, but hopefully he's coming soon as well. And then last one from me is uh, just a little bit of a, a date for the diary. Um, Easter isn't far away and we'll have a service on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday as well, if you'd like to, to pop those in, in the diary. Um, chances to reflect and, and celebrate and come together. So Monday, Thursday and Good Friday will have um, services there. Um, that I think is all of the announcements. Um, thank you very much everyone for uh, your support, for, for singing, for praying, for um, enduring Zoom. Um, but it is so, so delightful to see everyone and to uh, get to connect.
and I uh, hope and trust that you have a lovely day. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. So it's, it's, oh yeah, sorry, children, if you do have any drawings, I said I would like let you show them, didn't I? I don't, we've got, does anyone have any anything they've been drawing or colouring in? Um, maybe, yeah. oh, well done. Well done, Chloe. Oh, beautiful colouring. Yeah. Oh, well done, white men's love, love it, Scarlett. And white, fantastic. And Lucy, well done. It's nice to do a bit of colouring it in the morning. Autumn. Autumn, thank you. <laughs> I feel like an evangelist. I see that hand. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Good job, Autumn. Well done, everyone. Good. Lovely to see you all. I hope you have a lovely day and we we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, yeah, if you'd like to unmute as you say bye. 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 Bye.